This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10, 5, victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation on 105 through the Fan of Dallas, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday. He is also the co-host on the Dallas Cowboys pre- and post-game show on the Cowboys radio network. Brian, how are you doing today? Doing well, Robert. Thank you very much. And uh, you get to get, do I get to talk about you at this time? Do I get to add on that you're a, uh, sure. you said you mentioned you're the <laughs> Cowboys insider and he's, you're also on that show, 530 to 10, one of the, my favorite shows to listen to here on the fan Thank and Sean you. and RJ and Bobby all doing that. And uh, you also uh, you're, and you mentioned your insider, and then you're also draft show guy, and then a host of this uh, soon to be award winning podcast that we do. Oh, yeah. The awards are coming. The, the awards, awards are coming. coming. Yes. And part of the reason the awards are coming is because of our dear listeners who have been. That's exactly right. So exactly great to us. Right. We wouldn't have this without you guys. So we're going to start throwing you guys a question for you to answer for us at the beginning of each episode. And then the following week, we'll we'll read some of your answers off at the end of the mailbag, just to get you guys some of your thoughts and some of your interactions. So especially if you're on the YouTube video and you can comment there, answer this question for us. This week, we're asking the question, who do you think is going to start at left guard in week one of the 2023 season? Because there's been a lot of discussion about that. We've been talking about it. So you guys there on YouTube, you can tweet us as well. But especially if you're there on the YouTube, drop us a comment. Who do you think is going to start at left guard week one of the 2023 season and why? Very simple. And with that in mind, Stephen Jones must have known we were going to talk about this today, Brian, uh, because as we record this on Wednesday night, the Cowboys made an announcement uh, about the PBR, not Paps Blue Ribbon, but the the, the bull riding league, uh, that they were going to be hosting the championship in 2024 at AT AT&T Stadium. So Stephen Jones was out there was speaking to the media, and uh, courtesy of our good buddy John Mashota over at The Athletic, uh, he has this quote from Stephen Jones. He says, our top five linemen are our top five linemen. Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotish, Terrence Steele, Zach Martin. Really felt like if you're going to get your best five who have played in this league, those are our best five. We'll see what happens from there. So this is... Sort of what we've expected. I mean, Stevens talked a lot about best five. Mike Solari talked to us. The new Cowboys offensive line coach talked to us about best five uh, on day three of the draft when we interviewed him on DallasCowboys.com. Um, but this is the first time I think that Steven has spelled it out as these are our best five. And now we got to figure out how that will play out. Uh, but when you look at that and, and the way Steven lays that out there, if that is their best five and, and Steven is committed to this is our best five and we believe this, is there any other option at left guard other than Tyler Smith? How about a Doga? I mean, what do you mean that that's a veteran, you know, veteran guy right there. 
Uh, Farniak was a guy that uh, actually got action in week one uh, when Connor McGovern went down. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't, I'm not buying into the ball and all that other stuff, you know, playing there. Um, I think they're going to kind of get their tackles situated. Uh, well, let's go. And then also, though, with uh, Awesome Richards, I think there's, uh, you know, are two really good young guys that they're going to be able to work with. But if Stephen Jones believes this is his best five, then by all means, you know, that's what they're going to do. And me personally, you know, I'm, I understand. And, and I'll, and let me ask you this question, Bobby, because I was on Cowboys break uh, today with Derek and, and Ambar and Nick. And I'm not concerned with the Tyron Smith injury history. I know it's part of us. I know it's something that we live with every year at this time. We talk about it. We know in the back of our mind that this it's, is it's, it's like it's like driving a uh, it's like driving a car with two hundred fifty thousand miles. You know the check. You know something's going to happen. You know something's going to happen. It's either going to work or something bad is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But no, is anybody not talking about Tyron Smith regressing as a player? Is anybody that maybe maybe the injuries have piled up to the point where it's he's not Tyron Smith, the Hall of Fame guy that we've seen four or five years ago. You know? I think I, I I don't think there's been enough discussion about that. And I think that's the reality of the situation is when you take together the way he played at the end of the 21 season, the, the playoff game against San Francisco, worst game I've probably ever seen the guy play, even going back maybe to his rookie season. He was bad. Uh, he was letting Charles and Menahue, uh, who had been shipped out of Houston, who needed all the good football players they could get. He, he let Charles and Menahue dominate him late in that football game. So that that was a rough sequence. Then when you saw him come back, I thought Jacksonville, which was his first game back, he looked okay. He didn't look bad. He looked okay. But every other game after that, really, just he was not great. And I think you saw a lot of the struggles. Now, the question is, did he need to find a rhythm? Were, were there issues with injuries, whatever else? But I'll remind you, you saw it just like I did out there in Oxnard or at the Star. You had Dorrance Armstrong and other guys beating him in practice, and we never used to see that. Right. And so I, I think that you are looking at Tyron Smith is not the player he once was. And I don't know, is Tyler Smith a better guard than Chuma Yudoga? Very well, probably. Probably is. Is is the gap between Edoga and Tyler Smith at guard so substantial that you can justify losing what Tyler Smith was giving you at left tackle in the, in the deference, the name of deference to Tyron Smith. That's where I start having an issue. And that's where I think your best five, as hard as this may be for people to hear, your best five might include Chumi Edoga. See, that's the thing that I, the, the, the thing that I'm looking at right now, is that Tyron Smith, he saw what was going on at offensive uh, tackle last year, and then all of a sudden you lose you, you know you, you, you lose a steal. And he he sees how well that they're playing at left tackle without him. You know, and they, they oh, this is a stand-up move, stand-up guy and all that. And I you know what? I respect the heck out of Tyron Smith. I really, really do. He saw what was going on at left tackle. He saw how well Tyler Smith was. It wasn't like 
it wasn't like that he was like willing he 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 was volunteering to play right tackle you know i mean you know he he's he's looking at it as going well heck i i you know i, I how do i get my job back over there at left tackle the guys playing pretty well, well i'll volunteer to play right tackle you know and 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 everybody'll feel good about it but man that that's the that's the thing that even tyron smith saw it you know he saw the development of Tyler Smith at left tackle. And he didn't push the issue. He was trying to be the team player, you know? And and the organization was like more than willing and what they do, what they put him at right tackle. They didn't move Tyler Smith over to right tackle. They yep. kept Tyler Smith at, at at left tackle. So to me, I'm sitting there thinking, well why why put him at guard? Why why do this? You know, if he's one of your, if he's your, if it, the Hall of Fame tackle saw that and didn't want him to move out of the spot, how how can we not see that? You know, I, that's the thing that I just, and to me, this year is really important for a couple of different reasons. And the, really the, the first reason is you have the development of Tyler Smith at left tackle. Okay. Move him to guard now, and we got a whole new line coach. We got a whole new offensive line coach here. You know, two new line coaches. So now, where are you at? No, are you going to, okay, now we're going to have to like new line coach. Now you got to move in there to play guard. You know, I'm not, I'm keeping that kid where I know that he could play, where in, in hell, he could probably play guard. But I, I think there's something with, with Tyron Smith here. That you're you're just I'm worried now and maybe this will all take care of itself maybe all this will take care of like you and I are talking about and then that something happens with Tyron Smith and then Tyler Smith shifts back to to left guard but the fact that even Tyron Smith said hey I I will play right tackle and I you know what he, at times he wasn't good enough. You know, no, he wasn't good enough. And, you know, and, you know, there were times when they didn't run the ball well enough. And I'm one of these guys that thought, man, hey, yeah, you're going to put big Tyron Smith over there and everything's going to be fine. And no, believe it or not, you know, Terrence Steele and Zach Martin are a damn good combination on that right side. They run the ball better, you know, and they, and they lack that when, when Tyler, when Tyron Smith got over there. And I, I personally thought, but you know what? I'm not buying that now. I'm not, I am not buying that. And I think they got Tyron Smith to take a reduction. Tyron Smith's salary for a starting tackle was more than manageable. You know, mm -hmm. he, they've been getting breaks on Tyron Smith, but then again, Tyron Smith doesn't always line up and play every game for you. you right. Know? So to me, I'm leaving Steele at right tackle and I'm leaving and I'm leaving Tyler Smith at left tackle and I'm going to adjust from there. And, but you know, if th this, this whole thing with the best five and all that, Hey, I'm, I appreciate what you're saying, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about moving Tyler Smith, you know, again, after how well he looked at left tackle and then with a the new line coach playing him at left guard, I'm just, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about that. Do you think uh, – who do you think was better last year overall when they played, Jason Peters or Tyron Smith? Man, there were some times where Jason Peters 
there was some there were some struggles with Jason Peters. I'm not going to act sure. like that it was perfect. There were you know plays that were to his side where he could you know he could get into the block and all that. The backside cutoffs and things like that. No. I, I, if you told me, give me one or the other, I'm taking Tyron Smith over. Sure, Jason sure, Peters. and, and I, I I agree. I think largely. I don't I, think that the, I don't think that Tyron Smith played to that level. No, Jason no, no. Peters. And I think Jason Peters was better early in the year than he was in the second half. He wore down a little bit. He wore down. He, did. When he had to play. Yeah. He he's he's you know he's Methuselah out there. He's old. Yeah. So I get it. But when you look at the 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 only reason why I asked that, and because I just wanted to clarify this. He was better than Peters, but could you make an argument out of the guys that played on the offensive line last year? Tyron Smith was not in your best five, that he no. was sixth best. Because Connor Covern, yeah. Zach Martin, Tyler Biotis, Terrence Steele, Tyler Smith, were they all better than him last year? Kind of felt that way. Kind of felt that way. Because I don't, I mean, the pass blocking and all that, Tyron Smith, you know, he's going to give you that. He's, you know, but there's still, like I say, there's, there's some things that movement wise, there were some problems, you know, there were some problems with that. He doesn't move as well as he once did, you know, and, and that might be a little bit because of the things now, maybe this year, uh, you know, he'll have an option. Op- Tyron Smith will always come in in great shape. Tyron Smith is not going to take a day off. Right. You know? But I can say, I, I just think your future, your future is Tyler Smith playing left tackle and 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 we'll see what they get if they can get steel done. You know, we'll see if they can get the steel contract done going forward. But but the thing about it is, I don't know, I don't know how good Adoga is. I say that right. That, that yeah, Adoga. Adoga. I don't. The thing about it is, if he comes in now, you know, even Will McClay said this. Hey, you can't have five first round offensive linemen playing. You you mm-hmm. can't. But I, I do – I just worry about maybe making Tyler Smith have to play another year – play a year. And I want him playing all those reps at left tackle. I want Terrence Steele playing all those reps at right tackle. You know? I think yeah, that's your future. It, I think that's your future going forward. I really what do. is – and this will be the last thing we have to say on this before we wrap up the segment. But what are – the thing I can't understand is if we're going to talk about the, I think Terrence Steele has done a great job and and progressed and he's proven and, me way wrong and I I admit that I admit that yeah yeah absolutely and and he's shown a lot of great growth the one area where he's still lacking is he he's not a power player he's he never does, been he's never been that. So, he's a great well, athlete and that that's where when they start having this discussion about well maybe we could play Steele inside at guard it's no. like. No, why are no, we talking about this? No. Why is that something th- this it, it feels like when you're talking about moving Terrence Steele to guard or Tyler Smith to guard, and you're talking about these different combinations, it feels like they are doing anything they can to just hold on to the memory of Tyron Smith rather than addressing who are these players today and what do they do best? That's why they talked about drafting at 26 a guard. That's mm-hmm. why I mean that's why it, it, they couldn't bring themselves. They were talking about Bergeron, the 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 tackle from Syracuse. I mean, the conversation was Bergeron and Mozzie Smith. So they were talking about an offensive lineman, you know. And they the the thing is that they they this maybe it's so much respect for Tyron Smith. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to take the legs out from Tyron Smith. 
I'm just saying there's there comes a time where you got to move forward. You know, you got to move forward here. And the fact that they and the fact that Steele, you know, they tendered him the what you know the, the money that he got, and yep. the fact that they're talking about moving him, why? Why? He he he's 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 proven to you he could play right tackle. He he's not the strongest guy, but the run blocking, the effort, how he's prepared. You know, all that stuff is 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 outstanding for him. So and then I, I just I just don't want him to to stop the growth and especially with a new line coach, especially with a new line coach. I don't want him to stop the growth of, of Tyler Smith and having to play play guard. Even You're though listening. he'll say, Well, hey, Broadus, he was gonna play that position until until uh until T- uh, Tyron Smith got hurt. He was gonna play over there, he was gonna play left guard. Played whole played left guard whole training camp. What are you talking about here? You know, right? I just think he's a left tackle in this league. I really do. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time: baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, before we move on to the next topic here, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at the Love the Star podcast. It is Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Boomer Jacks, specifically what Boomer Jacks has ready for you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they have great deals for you the rest of the time, too. They got drink specials starting at $3. They have $15 buckets of beer. There are wall-to-wall TVs. Every sporting event you could ever imagine is on the televisions there when you go to Boomer Jacks. They have TVs in the bathroom. There's literally not a time where you will miss a moment of the action. Live music, like I said, wall-to-wall TVs, great drink specials, great food. It's just a fantastic atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, and it's why we're so excited to have them as our partner here at Love the Star. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, uh, this is a discussion that I I know we had talked about off uh, air last week, something that I I wanted to bring up. Uh, I was in our Twitch chat for 105 Through the Fan recently, and I I happened upon a conversation in the afternoon. And and one of our Twolos, which is uh, what we call our our listeners there uh, on the Twitch for 105 Through the Fan, one of our Twolos, Shoot Brown 78, had asked the question, who was the last shutdown corner in the NFL? And it made me think about what that actually means, like, like how you would define a shutdown corner. And so before we, we tackle the answer of, you know, who was the last shutdown corner and then how that plays into Trayvon Diggs and the discussion of re-signing Diggs, because that's where this conversation is going to lead eventually. I'm curious for you, how would you define that term? Like if somebody said, Brian Broaddus, what is a shutdown corner? How would you describe that to somebody in just a couple words? Yeah, the the it, the player has to have the ability to eliminate their best receiver. You know that that to me, when you're talking, and you know what, I I'm all for the ability to travel. There are guys that won't travel, but if you're a shutdown corner, you should be able to travel. 
You should be able to play the left side. You should be able to play the right side. If you're even asked to play some slots sometimes, you should be able to do that. It's a very big responsibility, and it's not many people can do it. You know, I, I, I think about shutdown corners. I think about Revis, you know, back in the day. And people will say, well, you know, when, you know, when, when, when quarterbacks just don't look your way, when they know that attacking your side of the field is going to be a negative play, that to me is a shutdown corner. That, that guy. But I feel like you have to have the ability to play both sides. I don't feel like that you, you know, you could sit there and just say, oh, I'm only going to play right side or left side. That ability to travel and the ability to deny the football, whether it's inside, up the field, along the boundary, those are the shutdown corners. Those are the guys that when quarterbacks know they're throwing the ball, it's going to be a contested play, a tight throw, and there's a possibility of a turnover. And that's and that keeps that keeps a lot of quarterbacks from throwing to certain sides of the field, especially if they know that guy's standing there. I so I, I think that that's largely I, I think we're going to have similar definitions here. Um, the my thing is I do not care nearly as much like you just mentioned. I don't I don't mind if guys don't travel. If you don't travel with a receiver, it doesn't it doesn't bug me at least for me. So my definition of a shutdown corner would be week in, week out, the expectation that one half of the field is essentially off limits to the quarterback. So in order to be a shutdown corner, I think you also have to sustain the success over multiple seasons. So you can't be a one-off. Josh Norman in 2015 with the Panthers was a shutdown corner. He was absolutely shut down that year. It's a big reason why they made it to the Super Bowl. He would not be somebody I would say that was a shutdown corner, though, because it was it, it was a supernova. It was one year. It was it was gone in a flash. He couldn't sustain the success. I think Jalen Ramsey is close. It has been close at times. I, I don't think I'd call him that because he wasn't able to sustain it. So with my definition in mind, here are just some of the names for me. And, and you can come up with some names if, if you feel like I'm missing anybody. I'm looking at since the year 2000, post Dion. More modern era when the passing started because well, can, the, can I say something real quick, Bobby, yeah, about yeah. the one side of the field thing? Yeah, teams can formation you to put their worst receiver over on you as a shutdown corner. Sure, they could. Okay, they could take you out of the game. They could take yeah. you. I mean, that's why I think that you know. That's why I think it's the loftiest thing. It's probably not even the right word. It's a very lofty thing. To say about a corner, they call him shut down. Because if you know you can play on one side of the field, and I know damn good and well I'm not throwing the ball your direction. And I could put my third receiver over there. I could formation you out of ever having to deal with anything. I know going into the game. Is that shut down? Yeah, I guess you're shutting down, you know, that uh, you know, you're you're but I just don't think well, well, like here's, here's 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 where the here's where this really comes up. For, for a lot of people. First, Norman was part of that discussion. Norman, sure. Norman was a zone guy who played one side. But the bigger question here, this is what it comes down to, is that because he played one side, then you would not have considered Richard Sherman a shutdown guy then, right? Yeah, I think, that, no, to me, that's what I'm saying. I The thing about Richard Sherman is that... Sherman only played the left side. That was I it. know, that's what I'm saying. To me, I, I think it's when you start to talk about shutdown, you're a guy that could go anywhere on the formation and play. That's why. That's why there's not many of these shutdown guys. 
You know, to me, that's I, I think I he I think he could have. I think he could have. You don't have to. Th- you don't have scheme. to throw the ball at Richard Sherman. You don't. Sure. Is that shut down that you like? Okay, you're shutting it down because I don't want to throw the ball at you. But what good is it if we're throwing the ball to the other side of the field and the other corner can't handle it? Well, I've got so so I would include Sherman. You you would not. I I, I can tell. I so, just don't think there's the thing about the shutdown corner and name your guys. Go ahead, and name your guys. I, I love Richard Sherman. I really no do. no no. I, I, yeah, and I don't think you're disrespecting him. I just think no. that you're you I I totally get what you're saying by your definition. I'm just saying I would still include him in my list of shutdown. So I would include Sherman. The other guys that stand out for me just since 2000, Champ Bailey, I think was shut down. He can move. Darrell Rivas was a shutdown guy. And then it was shorter than these other guys, but it was sustained over three to four years pre-Philly. And that's Namdi Asamoa was a shutdown corner in Oakland to me. And, and, and Asamoa went an entire year, I think it was 06, 07, something like that. Asamoa gave one interception, right? Because they never threw the ball his direction. He, yeah, he gave up like three catches in an yeah. entire season or so he was See, he that's was what incredible. i'm saying you, you could formation your way around these guys so i think it, to be to be the shutdown corner i think you have to have that ability to go and and i'd love to have seen richard sherman but richard sherman struggled to run i mean he was he i mean yeah if he could force you to the boundary and and use the sideline and all that richard sherman was a hell of a player but the other now, guys you mentioned, the Champ Baileys and guys Champ like that. Champ and Revis, yeah. Revis, they can, they, it didn't matter. Like at the end of a game, if they needed to go get a stop, they could move that guy to, hey, we got to go take care of Randy Moss. Boom. There we go. You know, we've got to take care of, uh, uh, you know those those receivers from that era. We got to. This, go this is this is actually good though, Brian. Like like you're actually for the point of the discussion. This is actually helping what I'm setting up here, which I like. So so the the one guy that I would have the the one guy I've just been a little iffy on, and and I'm gonna go ahead and include him. Last time I discussed this on 105 through the fan, I did not, but it, because it was close. But it, I, I talked to more people and they convinced me I, I should have had him on those. The last one is Patrick Peterson, and that yeah. be there you and go. So, so for me. I've got five names. Champ Bailey, Darrell Rivas, Richard Sherman, Namdi Asamoah, Patrick Peterson. You would not have Asamoah or Sherman because of the the, the side issue. No, 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 no. I would I was Sherman would, Sherman would be Sherman would be the one that I probably wouldn't have because I feel like oh, I don't okay. I don't have to, you know, I could I could avoid you can avoid all these guys. Well, I take that back. You can't avoid all these guys because if you do have that ability. And, and what we're talking about is shutdown. The shutdown is a guy, when you say the word shutdown to me as a defensive coordinator, I am saying I am not allowing whoever you got on route, I'm, I'm covering your best guy. I'm going to shut down your best player, your best receiver with my yep. guy. That's yep. what I'm going to do. You know, everything else with Richard Sherman and stuff, I mean, Rich, he's a hell of a player. He's yeah, a, and like I said, he ran I, I, a, I, a four, five, eight coming out of Stanford, and he plays his ass off. You know, well, and like like I said, I I, I don't want to like get too lost in the weeds on on those names, but just for me, those are the five I have. Did I, okay, you, I'm I, just telling you the position. Right. No, no, no. I to, I to, I totally get it. Like like I said, like, so when you would not have Sherman, then like you mentioned, are there any names I'm missing that you would have over the last 20 years that you felt fit the definition that I didn't name or I'm not thinking of? 
No, I mean, to me, when you're starting, like you mentioned, like with, with Ramsey, guys mm-hmm. like that. See, the thing with the Cowboys, which is so fascinating about the Ramsey, because that was the Zeke draft, they didn't know that they weren't sure where they were going to play Ramsey at yeah. safety or corner. And but Ramsey developed the ability. I mean, as a corner, you're like watching. Now Ramsey's not the same guy. He's not. But I mean, I think you're getting some of these guys, like the guy at Denver. Now, I mean, he's that Sertan. You know, now Sertan, his dad, his dad was a, you know, you know him, Sam Madison, those guys. Sure. They, they they were they, good. I don't. Right. The only thing with those guys, like. Patrick Sertan Sr., I think, definitely got close. And Madison was good. I think Madison's yeah. time was shorter They for were me. good together. They were good Yeah, together. yeah, for sure. They played either, off either each way. other. Whatever one had to go do, the other was capable. There wasn't any yes. huge drop-off between the guys. So all, all of this setup, just to get to this idea, mainly, we're talking about, what, over the last 23 years, Four to six or seven. Six it's or rare. Six. It's rare. It's incredibly rare. Yeah. So when you talk about that many guys, I can come up with way more franchise quarterbacks than shutdown corners. Yes. So when we discuss the extension for Trayvon Diggs and people say he's not a shutdown corner, I don't want to pay him at the top, I don't want to do this and that, are we essentially saying – Trayvon Diggs needs to be something rarer than Patrick Mahomes at his position in order to even get paid. And if that's the case, are we just resigning ourselves to the fact of if if you have that position and you feel Trayvon Diggs truly needs to be shut down, you are basically saying you don't ever want to pay a quarter. It's so rare. It's it's incredibly rare. Bobby, you're right. It's so rare. I mean, you've got these corners, you know, it's – the ability, like I said, my my definition of shutdown is like you know. I think you just got to be able to to travel. I think I think Diggs can travel. I think Diggs can travel. Yeah. The problem I have with Diggs is when Diggs wants to attack the ball and knock it down and be a part, he can. We've seen him do that. We've seen him tackle. I've seen him make back to back. And I'm not just talking about tackles. I'm just talking about going after the football. Cincinnati yeah. game week two last year. You know, they're dragging routes. He's chasing routes. He's, you know, he's tackling. He's keeping guys from getting first downs. You know, he's capable. He's got that kind of ability where you can, you can put him in those positions and he he can make those plays. But I, I don't know. I don't, you know, Ramsey, uh, uh, you know, when you talk about him, when you, when you talk about uh, Revis, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I'm maybe not there, not, not now, but these corners, the, the, the position, it's the shutdowns. There's, there's just not a lot of them. You Which know? that's, and, that's the, that's the general idea then is that I agree with you. He is not up to a Revis level or anything else. I, I, I totally yeah. agree with that, but is that enough of a reason? And I'm not saying you were saying they throw, they still throw at digs. They still sure. throw at Diggs. But you know what? Thing. He is also – we've seen him in different points. He's he's handled Justin Jefferson very well, better than most Great anybody job. else in the NFL has. Yeah. McLaurin, he's handled really well. Mike Evans at different points, he's handled there you go. well. Yeah. So when you look at that, is, is that an unrealistic standard in the first place? But also, should that be the way we decide if, if Trayvon Diggs should get an extension is – 
is no. he a shutdown? Because no. at that point, it sounds like you're asking yourself an impossible question. And instead, should we look at it as, let's just handle this because he's as good as you can get at the position without being the rarest thing at the position. Yeah. What about like, you know, was refresh me about, I'm sorry, I have old age here a little bit, but <laughs> like DJ, like in the Carolina game, DJ mm-hmm. Moore was, did, was there a lot of, you know, was there a lot of, uh, of, of digs more catching the ball? I know what he had one interception off, uh, off of more, they, he battled him contested ball. I think he had an interception. He, in, in, in 2021, he, he put up pretty good numbers against Diggs. He, and, and Diggs traveled him for most of the day. was not yeah. great. Where he did do well, the times he traveled with Jamar Chase this year, he did there a pretty good job shutting See, down Chase. That's what I'm saying. He's, so, so he's played really well. There have been times guys have gotten him, but for the most part, he's, he handles top he's guys. He's earned pretty, his money. He's earned yeah. his money. Has he earned the moniker of shutdown? No. Absolutely not. But he's earned the money when you start to put together uh, the 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 resume. There's some guys he's taken care of. I I wish you know I wish there was some uh, a little bit more physicality in the way he plays. But man, sure. the guy's got ball skills. He's a finisher. You know, you just wish that there was a you know. But people still attack him. They believe they can still attack him, and he's made people pay along the way. But I, I don't think he has the moniker of a shutdown corner. I, I don't even, you know, the traveling and stuff like that. But you know, he, he's got he's got time. He he really does have time. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app. It's a tough subject, man. All right, before we move on to the next topic here, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at the Love of the Star podcast. It is Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Boomer Jacks, specifically what Boomer Jacks has ready for you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they have great deals for you the rest of the time, too. They got drink specials starting at $3. They have $15 buckets of beer. There are wall-to-wall TVs. Every sporting event you could ever imagine is on the televisions there when you go to Boomer Jacks. They have TVs in the bathroom. There's literally not a time where you will miss a moment of the action. Live music. Like I said, wall-to-wall TVs, great drink specials, great food. It's just a fantastic atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, and it's why we're so excited to have them as our partner here at Love the Star. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. Yep, it is. That, that's a tough subject. It really is. It's, it, it's a tough one. But like everybody, I'm sure everybody's out there is listening right now is going, oh, Broadus, you damn idiot. I mean – but it, it, I just I'm really tough on these corners. If I if you're you're watching corners and they can't t- defend passes going inside and they can't run with people and man yeah I I I, I can't use you I can't yeah. use you you can't just carry everything up the field you got to be able to fight through traffic knock balls down you know deny third down catches tackle when they, they do catch the ball you know it's tough no and I I think that's why it was worth at least trying to provide context for what is it that we're really asking Dix yeah. to do. Asking a lot. <laughs> it's now time for our, yeah, it is now time for our Dean Julia love of the star mailbag. We got a uh, plenty of questions here today. Uh, let's jump with one of the most popular ones. Several people asked it. Uh, this is the, I'll, I'm just going to grab one of them here. It's uh, from Jake and he's asking, is Dalvin cook, a realistic possibility here in Dallas, Brian, because he's going to so. Minnesota. 
Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that the I think this organization is comfortable with Ronald Jones. I think they're comfortable with with Deuce Vaughn. I think you know we'll see what happens with uh, with Tony coming out. But you know, if depending on I know that on NFL.com they put out their breakout players for each team, and they mm-hmm. were doing we did the NFC East today, and they felt like that Tony Pollard was a breakout player, even though last year that he had what over thirteen hundred yards total. But the the thing about it was, you know, people say, well, maybe that was last year breakout, but this is no Ezekiel Elliott anymore. This is, you yeah. know, could could he they you know they feel like with no Ezekiel Elliott that he might be even better. But man, coming off an injury that's pretty significant, you know, that but I don't think Dalvin Cook is uh, in play here. I really, really don't. I would say I think that under the right circumstances and the right price, I which I don't think he'll necessarily be at for them. But I, I could see them. It, it's like the, the way they approach everything. Well, how much is he going to cost? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We like Bobby Wagner for how much money? If he were to be in a certain price range, I could see it. I. He's, I, not, I, he's I, better I, than he's. But he's than, he's good. He's going to yeah, have. He would be at the top of the heap if you if you have availability of Dalvin Cook. He's Sorry. he's gonna he's gonna have a market, but if for yeah. some reason some crazy reason he's available for three million a year, maybe I, I would think they might look at him. That they haven't let him go yet, have they? No, but they're yeah. he's he is in all likelihood out. They they've adjusted. Yeah, I thought I missed something. There. Took him out of there. He's 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 done. Uh, all right, Brian. Question from Chris: Over under Cowboys will be a fifty eight percent run offense. I say that is false. I, th- I think I th- under. Yeah, I'm going to take the under on that. I'm going to take the under. I think they're going to you know, like I said, they they talk a mean game about wanting to run the ball. I think that I think it. You might see a little bit. The thing that bothers me the most, Bobby, about this whole thing, and I wish that I'm getting on Brian Schottenheimer for saying this. You know, well, this you know, hey, this offense wouldn't. It's not broken. It's not yeah. broken. You know, but bro, they fired half the damn staff on the offense. The head <laughs> coach has become the primary play caller. Obviously, there is something wrong here. I wish these guys, and I'm sorry, it's a rant of mine. But I wish, I wish for once that one of these coaches would say, we weren't very good running the ball in the second half of the season. Yeah, we had some injury problems, but we didn't do a very good job of that. We have no screen game that really could help us run the ball any better. We don't have the ability to make plays down the field. We got one guy that really can do it. You know, we need to get uh, we need to get Gallup going a little bit better. We just re- have to replace the tight end, though. We'll figure that out. We really don't have a left guard right now. Our best five guys are these guys, you know. But don't tell me that it, it's not broke because you changed out your line coach, your coordinator, your running back coach. You changed out people, key pieces of your, you know, your organization. So something obviously is wrong. I wish these coaches would be more honest about it. You know, like, hey, we have got to get better in certain situations. You know, pick whatever situation you feel like the Cowboys are particularly weak in. You know, right. we've got to get better. You know, or Mike McCurry, somebody, hey, we've got to, you know, I wish somebody, you know, would come out and say exactly like Dak Prescott threw way too many damn interceptions last year. Now, if we keep throwing interceptions, we're all going to get fired. You know, we've got yeah. to, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, everything is kind of sugar-coated and, hey, it's okay and all that. BS. You know, don't come out and tell me that it wasn't broke. It wasn't broke. Everybody would still be in place. 
you know, and you would have, and you would have scored. Hey, how about this? The playoff games, you know, the, the San Francisco playoff games, we were up against really good defenses. They've been giving us problems. We've got to be better in these playoff games when it comes to our offense. Had a great game against Tampa. Quarterback looked great. That's what the quarterback's capable of playing like that. But we're not consistent enough doing it. You know, be honest about it. Be yeah. honest about it. And, and nobody over there is honest about it. The Cowboys last year, just for reference, they ran 1,114 plays on offense. They ran the ball 531 times, which was 47.6%. Yeah. For them to get to that 58%, I think, yeah. imagine the same number of plays last year and you run the ball 120 more times. That's a lot. And yeah. I, even if they do increase their, their run attempts, I think it's way under 58%. There's no question. Way under. They they're not gonna, you know, they they we'll see what happens with all the backs. And maybe if you went out and got a back like Dalvin Cook, you could probably do that. But with no Ezekiel Elliott, you know, where are those where are those carries all gonna go? They're gonna go to Pollard, Jones, I mean, Deuce Vaughn. I mean, they they're gonna have to figure something out there. Uh next question here from Sergio, and this will this will be a quick answer, but you did yes. we talk on the podcast, okay? We mentioned no, you I'm just saying. We did talk on the podcast briefly uh, right before the draft that you said you were going to get a text at 630 where someone was going to tell you who they thought the pick would be. And yeah. so Sergio's just wondering, we never followed up on it. Sergio's wondering, oh, I'm sorry. what was the name you got? Laporta. Sam Laporta, which we heard a lot of buzz about. Yeah. And, and we found out later, number one tight end on the board. Yeah. I think it was good. I, if Mozzie Smith wouldn't have been there, he it very well could have been a player like Laporta. There was there was there was a lot of a lot of love on the coaching staff for Laporta. The scouts really liked uh, Kincaid, but they but yeah. they but they saw value in Laporta. They absolutely saw value there. But yeah, that that was the the text I got was was uh, was Laporta is what I got. Question here from Daniel: Defense off the charts. Offense, I'm kind of scared. Make me feel better. I feel they don't have enough weapons unless we get the better version of Gallup, which I think is possible. Thanks for the show and all you do. So, Brian, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to – we we know the issues with the offense. We we both agree with them. Yeah, you answer this question. I'll watch you answer this one. Uh, you're you're going to have – okay, fine. I'll answer it. So what answer I'm gonna, it. I'm not, I, you know how I feel. I'm going to. I'm going to, Brian. Well, and I feel the same way as you pretty much. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to answer it under the idea of – how, you know, when you say make me feel better, you feel they don't have, I'm going to answer you the most positive way. If things break this way, which there's the potential they could break this way, these are reasons you should feel better about the offense. Jalen Tolbert proves to be the guy that they scouted. He's adjusted from the questions that, you know, arose about him in terms of being prepared and learning the different spots. If that's remedied, if Michael Gallup bounces back and he's the guy that you, you believe you paid, if, if his if his mentals are better, if he's better between the ears uh, and feels more comfortable on his knee, that would be a big boost. If Schoonmaker comes in and contributes right away as a, a tight end who can duplicate what Dalton Schultz did, which I believe is possible, that would be big. Um, if the change at offensive line coach proves to be beneficial, that's big. The offensive coordinator change, if Mike McCarthy's right in what he believes in and Dak Prescott limits his interceptions, these are all things that could happen. Like, they're well within the, the the possibility of happening. I don't necessarily think they all will. Maybe some of them do. But if you're looking for optimism, say, these are all possibilities. And if those possibilities do click, then you're looking at a pretty good offense next year. No, I think you're absolutely right about that. I mean, that's there's just there's so many moving parts. And I'm sorry, I can't talk anybody off the ledge. I, but I'm sure. willing I'm willing to I'm willing to uh, 
to say that I'm wrong. I'm, you know me, I'm always willing to say yeah. if I'm wrong. I just think there's, you know, with, and maybe this thing will work. I don't know if the Cowboys have, if Mike McCarthy and these coaches all have two, three years to, you know, to make these adjustments and all that. I, I really yeah. don't. Maybe that's why Brian Schottenheimer's telling me, oh, this offense ain't broke. But man, you sure made a lot of changes over there for an offense that wasn't broke. You know, so I, I'm interested to see. There's a side of me that also believes this team very well could be three and three going into the bye, week seven bye, right? Am I correct about that? Yeah. And all of a sudden, Brian Schottenheimer takes over the play caller. You know, I could I could see maybe they're struggling. Maybe, you know, maybe Dan Quinn and those guys are having to play a lot more snaps than they bargained for. Maybe they lose some games. They're three and three. I could very well see all of a sudden Mike McCarthy, you know, after that bye week. Um, okay, well, here we go. We've got a, you know, we've got a game and, you know, Brian's going to take over the play calling for us here. I, I, that's, that's my, that's my, you know, when you're doing radio in June and you're kind of looking for subjects and stuff to talk about, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my, Hey, give me a wow moment. Well, there's my wow moment for you right there. Brian Schottenheimer week, week eight play caller. How about that? Question here from Ismail. Which veteran on the defensive side has to start worrying about the guys coming for their spot on the depth chart the most? This is something I, I, I kind of referenced earlier this week. I, I don't think Jordan Lewis is in your Jordan top. Jordan Lewis by far. Anymore. Yeah, Jordan Lewis. Jordan I, th Lewis. I think that that's something where he's he's fallen out of the road. And it's not – he's he's still a solid player. I think I think just Deron Bland was better. Deron, well, how about this? He could be better. How about Doris Armstrong? Sure. Sam Williams. Sam Williams coming on the coming on the move and Dorrance Armstrong no longer a starter. You know, that, that's that's a great name, I think. Uh Brian, did you have a chance before I ask this question? Did you have a chance at all to study uh Jalen Moreno Cropper, the receiver from Fresno? I did not. I Brian. sure did. Okay, they did not. Here's I'm still gonna ask this question. Your thoughts on uh undrafted free agent wide receiver Jalen Moreno Cropper, big fan of him here in Fresno. Feel like he can make the roster as wide receiver four or five. I watched their quarterback a bunch, He's, but yeah. He is so so five eleven one seventy five guy. Yeah, I, and I heard I heard some I heard positive things about him uh, coming out of uh, rookie minicamp. So okay, good. It sounded like there was some positivity about him. I think he's got a shot to stick, and he's somebody who's really versatile. Uh, somebody they could do a lot of different things. With. Now he's he's mainly going to be slot specific, but in terms of jet sweeps, Fresno had him throw a little bit at times, like do some you know reverse passes and things like that. So. He's somebody who can do some different Swiss Army knife things for you. I think he's a good route runner. He and and look with the questions behind. I mean, honestly, there are questions about Gallup, but Gallup. Well, okay. The questions behind Gallup, I think you could absolutely see any one of these receivers make the spot as number four or five. What? Okay. What is that? Uh, does that? Is he taking a Turpin spot on this on this roster? Yeah, because I think Turpin's spot on this roster is going to uh, Deuce Vaughn anyway. Okay. I, I think a lot of the Turpin stuff will go to Deuce Vaughn. But there you go. There you go. Plenty of questions there. Uh, we will be back with you guys again later this week. There are plenty of things to talk about coming out of Stephen Jones' discussion. A lot of the players talked. Michael Gallup talked, said that this year is going to be very different for him. So we're definitely going to have some other things to talk about. If you guys have anything else that you want to talk about, anything that you want us to touch on, uh, like we said, be sure to tweet it at us. Uh, you can DM us on social media, or if you're here on the YouTube, just drop in the YouTube comments what it is that uh, you'd like us to talk about. And remember, as we asked you earlier at the beginning of the show, uh, we want to get your input. Who is your prediction for will be starting at left guard week one of the 2023 season? For Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys later.